always when I come to you, I feel convinced that the Lord has placed a word in my heart for that moment. And today is no exception. So I, I want to honor the leading of the Lord. And right before I do, I customarily don't do this, but I will for the nature of the need. We were not able to get it on the video. The youth ministry, society, they're putting together baskets for Thanksgiving to bless other families. Last year they did 10 baskets. This year they'd like to do 20. In order for them to do that with meaning, they ask that you bring some non-perishable food items, canned goods, boxed items. If you'll bring it to their area of the facility on my right all the way to the end, they would be glad because it's not about them. It's about them being a blessing. If you'd like to give a contribution, then ask that you write a check to the church and put on their society outreach. It's always good to help those who are limited in their ability to help themselves. Please, Psalm 5, 1 through 8, and then 11 and 12. You perhaps would use it from your scripture or look at the screen. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for to you I will pray. Amen. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you. And I will look up. For you're not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood, and the Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into your house in the multitude of your mercy. Verse 11, in fear of you, I will worship towards your holy temple. But let all those who rejoice, who put their trust in you, let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. Isn't that good? With favor, you will surround him as with a shield. I always like for you to pray for me, and no different this morning. Would you just reach your hands in my direction and you pray above a whisper? I like to hear you pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, what glorious worship and praise. Thank you, Lord, for the special honor given our veterans. Thank you for those who got up and got dressed and came to the house of the Lord. They will not be disappointed. Lord, I, I just pray for fresh oil and fire and liberty for all of us. I pray for discernment and I pray oh God that, that we will uh, not just be listeners but obedient participants. Stir us up oh God knowing the times in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for being seated.
I've chosen for a topic today that I believe is relevant to where the scripture would have us go. Where do we go from here? Have you ever had that question occur in your life? Have you ever had the experience of the loss of a job? Job that you felt was secure and uh, it was beneficial. You had worked your way up the ladder. Everything was going well. It looked like you'd be able to retire from that job. Only to be told by the management that they'll close in two weeks. Not expecting that. Not expecting how you'll make a house payment, your car payment, utilities. You ask yourself the question, where do we go from here? Have you ever had a loss in your family? Untimely, unexpected loss by family member or the one who passed was especially significant in your life. And so they're no longer there. And you ask yourself the question, where do we go from here? Have you ever received a call from the police who on the other end tells you, tell you, that we have your son or daughter. We have them in custody. They, they've been involved in a crime. And you're thinking, what has it come to? Where, does, where do we go from here? Have you ever been told by a physician that you have a very serious disease. And prior to that, you enjoyed exceptional health. And you ask yourself the question, where do I go from here? Have you ever had your spouse say to you, uh, I like you, but I don't love you. And therefore, I'm leaving. So, so you've had that question, where do I go from here? Last Sunday morning, while we were worshiping here in Georgia, there was a congregation that was unexpectedly invaded with violence. Sutherland Springs, Texas. The time difference between there and here is an hour different. So, of course, obviously when it's 9, it's, 10, it's 8 o'clock there. Very innocent people, about 50 or 60 of them, without warning in a small church with perhaps one entrance and the same is the exit worshiping God 
26 of them gunned down. 18-month-old to 77-year-old. I suppose today that the people of that community and the pastor of the church who lost his 14-year-old daughter have repeatedly asked and are asking now, where do we go from here? I don't know the motives or the motive of the killer. I don't even remember his name. I don't know how the investigation is going because I don't know that stuff. But I know that there's an answer in Scripture to this question, where do we go from here? I would submit to you, number one, this tragedy is not the fault of the worshipers, nor is it a result of their supposed sinfulness. These God-fearing, God-loving people were doing what they have always done on a Sunday morning, worshiping God. I don't have it on the screen for you, but just leave that one. A text says in verse 3, Psalm 5 and 3, My voice you shall hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning I will direct it to you. I don't know what time the people of David's time, King David, worshipped. But it suggests that at least he had devotions in the morning. Twice, he says, in the morning you shall hear my voice. I don't know if it's that way for you, but it is for me. The most opportune time for me to have devotions is in the morning. And I find it very, uh, what should I say, convenient or applicable that these people in Texas worshiping in the morning and the Bible talks about worshiping in the morning. I, I want to tell you this business about not being the fault of the worshipers no, is the result of their sinfulness, so-called. Satan absolutely despises our worship to God. Satan despises our worship to God because he knows it takes the attention off of him and puts it on God. And Satan would make the biggest impact if he could attack God's people at the most powerful hour of worship of the week. When you are offering your highest praise, be it in church or at home, that's when the devil would like to invade your space. I'm convinced that Satan would hurt the kingdom of God, or he thinks he would hurt the kingdom of God, if he could terrorize the saints of God in their worship. So if I steal their worship or interrupt their worship or, or put a mark on their worship that they'll forever remember, 
then they won't worship. I am told that right now in Sutherland, Texas, Sutherland Springs, that the congregation of the First Baptist Church has made arrangements to use another building of another place in town. We may be down, but we're not going to be out. You can make us cry, you can make us grieve, you can make us mourn, and it hurts, but I'm not about to give up on my God. I think all across America this morning, there are churches in various time zones who will have met or meeting now to give their high praises to God. And a matter of fact, if I know the high praises of God's going to make the devil mad, I'm going to praise higher. I'm in the making devil mad business. There should come a time in our lives where we quit being kicked around by the devil and start kicking him around. And you can do that through the power of God and the boldness of the Holy Spirit. I, uh, I remember when I was younger, my three sisters, I have three sisters, and I was the only guy in my family and really suffered a lot. <laughs> These girls, Hannah, Ruth, and Lystra, one in Pennsylvania and the other two in South Carolina, if they knew that the thing they were doing would aggravate me, they'd ratchet it up. They would, they would do it with greater intensity. And you know, I was always innocent. Y'all don't know that. If I knew something aggravated them, I'd return the favor. And I tell you, if praising God will drive the demons of hell out of your life, whether you don't have the ability to praise him loud or just praise him anyhow. Whether you have the ability to sing out loud, just hum your song. Because the devil wants to interrupt your praises as he did this church and make us think we're sinful when we're not. Micah says in Micah 7 and 8 about being down and being oppressed by the devil, Micah says, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. For when I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Oh, yes, yes. Do not rejoice over me. Don't sing no song over me, devil. Because it won't be long when I'm down, God will show up. And when I got to sit down because I can't stand up, and it's a dark place. The Lord will be my light. Uh, let, let me submit to you a second thought here. Uh, this, this uh, terrible killing in Texas makes us ask the question, where do we go from here? Not just Texas, but all, all America. What happened there is the direct result of human wickedness and sin. 
For any who would suggest that God is responsible for this massacre in Texas, I would offer the word of the Lord. Oh God, you take no pleasure in wickedness. You cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked. If God doesn't take any pleasure in wickedness and cannot tolerate the sins of the wicked, how dare can you blame him for what happened? Look at this. Therefore the proud may not stand in your presence, for you hate all who do evil. You will destroy those who tell lies. The Lord detests murderers and deceivers. What are you going to do with that scripture if you start blaming God? Jesus died to save us from wickedness. Jesus died to keep us from being a target to, to wickedness. You take no pleasure in wickedness. You tolerate the sins of the wicked. God will let the wicked go so far. And then he'll say, okay, I've got it now. I am. Uh, I have come to believe that when Satan enters the human mind and the human heart, it is appalling what he is capable of. Satan has tremendous powers of persuasion. He is a liar. He is a murderer. He is a thief and a rebel. He is the father of demons and darkness and death. That's the capacity he has to influence us. In verse 8 of our text, the Bible says, Satan and his work is bloodthirsty and deceitful. Yeah. He's out to get everybody. Let me show you something. In 1 Peter 5 and 8, and, and let me read it to you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary the devil. The devil ain't your friend. Yo, did you hear me? He, he will lure you in with the candy of this world. But he's not your friend. Here again. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Don't take a chance with the devil. I was in Africa a few years ago and was on one of these safaris in the, the natural habitat of some of these African animals, and it was absolutely a glorious experience. But I won't forget the lions. Uh, you know why? Because I didn't get near them. Respect sin. Respect the devil. We were in the back of a jeep. And we were traveling all through that savanna area. And we saw a lot of animals, but the lions. One of them came walking right by the jeep. And the, the tour guide did not even have a gun or a spear. I'm probably not going to go back to that part of Africa. <laughs> the devil's not your friend. If you see a lion, stay away from it. If you see a devil, stay away from it. 
Listen to this. this. This word really saturates my thinking. Jeremiah 17 and 9. The capacity of the devil to influence our hearts. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I don't know what this man in Texas who did this mass murder, I don't know what his life started like a boy, like a teenager, young adult. But some way and somehow his heart became deceitful. Above all things, and that the heart, above all human emotions we have, the heart can be deceitful and desperately wicked. Who could know it? Who could have known that somebody would get on the 32nd floor in Las Vegas at a high rise hotel and kill 58 people? And folks who knew this guy says, you know, he, he's a good neighbor. He's a fine person. He's, you know, did so-and-so in, in the community. The heart. And so I, I say to you because I want you to know God didn't do this. The devil did it. Human wickedness. If we give the devil an inch, he will take a mile. Stay, shun the appearance of evil. Please look at this verse, Romans 12 and 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. Rather give place to wrath, for it's written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Doesn't this kind of violence want to make you help God out? You just give me a, about five minutes with him, Lord, and it ain't going to be a problem anymore. God has a plan for justice. God has a plan for vengeance. God has a plan that's better than ours. And in the process, he can heal the broken. He can deliver the captive. He can give somebody a brand new song and a light in the night. Don't spend your time worrying about when their time is going to come and when they're going to get theirs. Spend your time loving and forgiving and praying and obeying and blessing others. Let me show you something else, please. Number three, Satan wants to use this tragedy to instill fear, blame, and cause us to abandon our faith. Because of your unfailing love, the psalmist says, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. Let's leave it on the screen a few moments. Wow. Tragedy wants to instill fear about the house of God, about being in the house of God for worship. This tragedy wants to uh, cause blame. If the church had done so and so, if the leadership had done so and so, if the uh, central office had done so and so. And, and, and I think I'll just quit going to church. 
at verse 7. Because of your unfailing love, in spite of what life has done to me, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Devil, you can't lock the door of the house of God from me coming in. Because I knew who God's been for me in the last year, the year before, and what he's done before. And I'm not going to let the devil drive me out of the place that I'm most intimately involved with God. David says, knowing all the world around him, there was chaos and violence and, and his life was threatened four different times and, and you know about the situation at Ziglag and I won't spell all the time there, but I, I'm saying to you in spite of all David's hardships and the attacks against him, he ended up saying, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I want you to note this. Do you know that we can help the devil when we instill fear and we broadcast blame and we speak to others about doubt? We help the devil out. Uh, some folks are saying now, well, I guess God doesn't care. It's just not safe to go to church anymore. Uh, it's amazing to me how folk would get in their car and drive and don't worry about it even though thousands of people die on the highways in America every year. Yes, I won't drive anymore. There's been an accident. It, it amazes me that we can go to football games, to concerts, knowing that people have been killed in those venues and we don't think anything about it. Don't worry about safety. Uh, it's amazing how we can go to a convenience store or the grocery store or the mall and the risk is there, but we go anyhow. It don't seem to bother us. Then folks come talking about the church is not safe. I think I'll, I won't go. Well... You didn't pay me this morning to come here and be sweet. I think I will, church, I think I won't go. Well, here's my answer to this logic. Most folks who are saying that will hardly come in anyhow. So you probably won't be missed if you stay out. I like that so well, I, I clap my own hands. If you do stay out of the house of God, you'll miss the word of God, the presence of God, and the protection of God. Look at uh, this number four, I think. That was number three, right? Number, number four. In the light of this tragedy, what do we do and where do we go? We bind ourselves together. We bless one another. And we build up again. That's verse 11. Psalm 5. In a time of loss, we bind together. Build one another. Build up the church again and bless one another. But let them, all those rejoice who put their trust in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them 
I mean, oh God, your rear guard, your front guard, your side, and your bow. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. Bind together, brothers and sisters. This time for us not to fuss and cuss and blame and accuse. It's time for us to pray together. Love one another. Whatever your skin color is, it doesn't matter in the kingdom of God. What matters is that we are all his children. And as we bind together and pray together and work together, we'll build up the kingdom. Oh, we're running out of time, aren't we? Meaning America. So I'm going to wrap it all up in this because if I don't tell you this, I have missed the will of God. We started with the question, where do we go from here? I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about America. The problem in America of mass killings abortions, homosexuality, same-sex marriage. The problems in America of transgender, infidelity, addictions, opioids, gang violence, terrorism, murders, racism, abuse of all kinds, those problems are a direct result of the rejection of God by the majority of Americans. The nation is the problem. And we are the nation. Hosea 8 and 7 says they sow to the wind and they reap the whirlwind. We don't need folk from other countries to come kill us. We're doing it ourselves. We are our own worst enemy. And it's time it's time for us to repent. Uh, would you put that slide up there? This is a very appropriate revival verse. I think it's very popular, but it's not practiced. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, that's us. We're his people. We're going to deal with revival in the church first. We're going to deal with revival in the pulpit first. We're going to deal with revival in the choir first. We're going to deal with revival in the congregation first. We're going to deal with revival among the elders first. We're going to deal with revival among every minister first. We're going to deal with revival at First Baptist, Second Baptist, Church of God, Assembly of God, Pentecostal Holiness, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Catholic. We're going to begin in the house of God with the people of God.
America, American pulpits are filled with namby-pamby, weak-kneed, jelly-like spine of pastors. We got more pastors in America kissing up to their congregation because the committee owns them. And the committee pays their salary. And the committees tell them how to preach some boring sermon they got from the internet. And the committee says, if you don't do that, you won't be here long. Too, too uh, blank with the committee. Y'all fill it in. Pastors in America are like the people of Jezebel and Abraham's day. Pardon me, Ahab's day. Ahab and Jezebel had 450 false prophets under their care. And they were paid by Ahab and Jezebel. Somebody's paying you to preach. You're going to preach what they want which is usually garbage. You text your friend right now and tell him you're hearing one of the best sermons you've heard in a long time. I thought, you know, I'll come to the second service and yell a lot. Man, I'm too tired after the first service. I'm just going to calm down and bless you all out just like I did the first round. America is killing babies every day in the mother's womb and taxpayers funded. I know in some cases we, we can't help, we don't know where our money's going. Planned Parenthood probably causes most mass murders in America every year. I want to tell you this. God will look after the innocent and there will be payday someday. And you and I shouldn't sit back and shut our mouths when killing babies is never acceptable, especially by God. God destroyed the leadership of Ahab and Jezebel because they were killing babies. Part of their Baal worship was that parents demonstrate their high affection for Baal who was a god of sexual perversion. The temples of Baal had numerous prostitutes in order to accommodate so-called worshipers. And one of the highest demonstration of a worshiper of Baal was the parents to take their baby, the child, and put him in the fire. We got to repent in America. Jezebel was a heathen. She was not a Jew. 
she was from a foreign country. And there was a marriage arrangement with she and Ahab. And Ahab was one of the worst kings of Israel. Jezebel, who agged him on, was the devil in a dress. Don't be nudging anybody. Where do we go from here? You know the homosexuals came out of the closet. It's time for we to come out of the closet. Time for us to get up. Some of us got to stand up in these last days and say things like this. I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation. To all that believe. Uh, we got people in Hollywood setting the moral tone for our young people. That should not be. We, we got to repent in America. We got to build back the altars. We got to get like they did when they wanted revival. They got between the horns and the altar. Cried out to God. I, I am guilty of being stirred but not being changed. Did anybody hear me? Amen. I am guilty of being stirred by the choir, conviction of the song. I give myself away and no sooner than I leave the doors, I ain't given nothing. We're we all guilty, so you can say amen or owe me. Guilty. Guilty of. Now nah, don't worry about me. And I'm not worried about me because I'll be going out of here in a few months. And you all got it. I told the Holy Ghost that I want to finish strong. And I wanted to fix the building and fix the leaks and paint this and get the parking. I, I want all that done. And the Holy Ghost said, that's good. But what is better, Pastor, is for you to fix the house. Yeah. Fix the whole house. Yes. I'm not mad. I'm just telling you, where do we go from here? And when they put you in a box and roll you up here, <laughs> you're going wherever you, you won't get the chance to decide. You're either going. <laughs> tired of being stirred but not being changed. I've heard fiery sermons only to forget it in midweek. I've cried some tears in my bedroom and in my car and in the altar. And after I dried them up, in a few minutes I forgot why I cried them. There's coming a day where 
you won't ask that question anymore. Because it'll be too late. I wish, I wish that we could plant a fire in all of our hearts. Don't you? Yes. Some of you are looking sad. Smile at me here. This ain't, this ain't a funeral. This is, I'm not preaching your funeral. No, I will one day. Are you okay? I think, oh man, I don't want to get all kind of me, myself, and I. But we preachers, I mean all across America, are going to stand up before. Is it okay? Thank you, Amy. I, I don't mean this bad. I just want those folks behind that camera to. God won't ask me. And again, I don't mean this bad. Everybody got to have a day off and a time of rest and refreshing. You guys going to say, uh, Pastor, how was your golf game? How many fish did you get? I, I, I don't mean this bad. How many ball games did you go to? How many times did you... Preach on sin. Uh, how many times did you risk the affection of people in your church and just stepped out there? I think that's what he's going to ask. They ain't going to ask you folks. I really feel some affection from you guys. I really need somebody to say, I love you, Pastor. Come to the music. It's a good time to stop. I need to hear this. Please don't. Miss, I ain't got all this worked out, okay? I don't, I don't have all this worked out. Here's what I like about the things of God. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. It's not all bad news. We are not all going to hell. Somebody say amen. amen. He's the God of our first chance, second chance, third chance. If my people will get it right, I'll take care of my end and I'll send revival and I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost and I'll heal your bodies and I'll prosper you and you won't be the devil's target anymore. Well, stand up and give the Lord praise. Yeah, clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Come on. I'm not going to die and be a victim of the devil. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to be a part of revival. <laughs> you going to do that same song? Do it. I need it. And we all need it. Oh, to Jesus, Would you? <laughs> I surrender all to Him. I freely give. Everybody, I will. That's good. That's good. Love and trust Him in His, His presence. presence. 
I know you mean it. Sing it like you do. I surrender all. Hallelujah. I surrender all. All to be my blessed Savior. I surrender Holy Spirit impressed me not to make it hard or not to beg for the call. Not to make it hard on you. Do, do you have something lurking in your mind? Where do I go from here? He'll answer it. I want to leave the altars open and I want everybody that wants to. I'm not going to ask you, you're a sinner, are you saved, are you a backslider? Do you have an addiction? I just want if you get a look. You're coming down this aisle and standing in the altar, just your motion, your moving, just says, I can do better, and I want to do better. Sing it again. Here we come. Raise your hands after you get here. No matter who comes, just come. Getting close because I, I, I feel like the Holy Ghost will speak to, to you. Him, Keep coming. I will Come on. Come singing. And trust Him in His presence daily. Just worship Him. And I surrender. Come on. I, another appeal if you wanted to but you didn't want anybody to see you because you feel a little anxious or self-conscious everybody except you close their eyes everybody in the altar everybody in the church and if you're going to come nobody's watching not even me nobody but me come on it's free I feel like there are others God wants to come. Thank you, Jesus.
please bow your heads and especially those of you in the altar. I just want to cover you with a prayer. Lord Jesus, where do we go from here? You've already given the answer. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Father, we want to know where we go from here. The answer is already there. You will lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Even though we walk in the valley of shadow of death, we'll fear no evil. Cover everyone, Lord. Give them a road map. Give them and me and all of us revival. Begin the revival in us. Individually and then collectively. Forgive our sins. Say amen to that. Heal our land, Lord. Heal our land. We repent today of being silent soldiers. Amen. We repent today, oh God, of having been given opportunities to shine as light. We stayed in the darkness. Wake up America, God. Amen. Wake up our president. Wake up our Congress. Say amen to that if it resonates. Wake up, God, all 50 governors of every state. Come on. Wake up every Supreme Court justice. Wake up, oh God, every mayor of every city. God, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, turn this generation around. Shut down, God, the plans the devil has to destroy our youth. Wake up, mamas and daddies. Break the bondage of divorce. Destroy pornography and addictions. Revival. We want revival. In order for it to come, Lord, we, we got to surrender ourselves. Now, everybody else in this house, take 30 seconds and tell the Lord whatever you need to tell him. If you need to ask him, where do I go from here? Raise up your voice a little bit more. Come on. Amplify your voice. Amplify your voice. If you have the gift of tongues, then you can pray to yourself there. You can hear yourself. Come on, all over the house. God is with us. You pray. God is with us. He won't stir us up to not change us. We are stirred, but we're not changed. Come on, come on. Some of you want to just let it come out. Let it come out. Your praises to God. Your, your glories and adorations. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My life is not my own. Just stay where you are. To you God's not I done. Belong. God's not. I give myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own. Say it, church. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. My life, my life is not my own. Say it. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. 
myself, I give myself to you. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give my come on now sing, I give myself away. I give myself away. Yes, 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 yes. I give myself yes. away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away. Thank you, Jesus. I give myself away. So you. Calling upon your name for the power of healing, the power of encouragement. Oh God, you are the mighty one. You won't make a promise that you don't intend to keep. You won't speak the word unless you plan to produce a result. Yes, place them in your So you can use me, give myself away, take all that I am, give myself away, so you Before you go, the Lord has sent us the mail. Uh, and if we don't open the mail, we won't get what he has. It's free and it's yours. 